Yeah, I don't know what happened. I literally sat down and I watched it all, both episodes, and I took my notes, writing them down like I always did, and then I typed it up and I literally was like, you know, without the episode, I don't think this one has context clues, friend. <laughs> yeah, this is really just like, usually your notes are like, not maybe not full sentences, but they are more than a list of key vocab terms. <laughs> and right now yeah. this looks like a, like a, like a college English, English pop quiz, basically, where they just write three words and you're like, expand okay. upon this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how it goes. So I liked these two episodes a lot. I did too. They. You also, sorry, before we continue, can I just say something that you did write in your notes? Um, <laughs> and it's a fun misspelling that I think is just a good Uh-oh. time. What's up? All around. Um, you say JJ distracts Green and Luke Takeles? Takeles? Luke does some shit, apparently. <laughs> Luke Sorry, I just wanted to point that one out because sometimes I do yeah. go through and autocorrect <laughs> some of your words so that when That's I'm fine. reading them, I don't get caught up on them. But I did like Tekeles. I think that was Tekeles. fun. Yeah. Overall, okay, overall, I liked these episodes. I think it's it's really well paced. Yeah! These episodes are this whole little thing. I think the like a tight 10, you know, is making them be really careful. Like we're still getting a case in episode, but at the same time, this is kind of overarching looming thread. And I, I like that. I like how much we're seeing of Elias and we still know nothing. I know that this man has an asshole neighbor and a cool daughter. And that's about it. He hallucinated someone a dad, a mentor, and then he uh, he got fired from his sales job, so he doesn't have a mm-hmm. car anymore, and he doesn't have any money. Relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> Mood. And he, like, opened his checking, and it was, like, negative $1,697. And I was like, yeah, well, don't we all? <laughs> like, yeah, uh-huh. Mood. Uh-huh mood and i like i really hope okay so we have what for six episodes left Mm -hmm, correct and i need something about emily prentice outside of work please we're getting a lot of the other agents outside of work which i really like i like that they've Mm -hmm. made that like a priority here you know we said they have a time in episodes they can only shoot so much they like the, yeah. the you can tell that they made that a priority to show what people are like outside of work. Yeah, and they did that with the lies, and they're doing it with the team. I like it a lot, actually. I do too, and I, you know, I understand they're showing a lot of like JJ and Will because there's like a story going on there, and like I like the amount of the amount we got of Penelope's life. You know, mm-hmm. there's like a lot to show every day outside of what we've seen, you know, and Tara works so much and like her girlfriend is also working a lot. So I don't mind that they're having like personal conversations at work. Like, I think that's great. But Luke, we've seen nothing. Yeah. And Emily, we've seen less. 
Yeah. You know, and we got Rossi's thing going. Yeah, I just want more of that. You want more Emily Prentice. I just want to know what the fuck that bitch is doing with her life, you know? Like <laughs> what's what does she do after hours? Does she watch TV? What's her favorite show? Like what Did she end up did she end up buying a house in DuPont? Is she just in another apartment? Like I have questions. Is she still uh, dating Mendoza? No, she is single. Remember she had that whole like um Am I the only one not getting laid? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she's, yeah. she's single. And Luke, I guess, is single because Penelope keeps making those, like, jokes. Uh, but, like, we don't know anything about his dog, Roxy. No mention. Where's Roxy? Where's Roxy? The Roxy most Roxy important writes. character to not show up in this, uh, in this show so far is Roxy. We even got a shout out for Sergio. I can't believe we got the Sergio shout out before Penelope the Roxy. Still has Sergio. We didn't see him at all at her apartment, but he's there. Well, the cat was corralled away because she was baking before Luke got there. So you need to just like put a cat in a bathroom. Well, no, she was like doing her whole get ready thing in the morning. She like was doing meditation. She was on oh the that couch. too. I was talking about was the first no... time that she got that he got Absolutely. there, and she was Absolutely. just like that cat is corralled in a bedroom yowling oh, yeah. like Absolutely. it's being murdered right now oh so i like that luke was like what do you need me to watch sergio again because i gotta take some allergy meds beforehand and I was like, like i need to go get that allergy shot just like let me know so i can schedule it with my doctor uh, oh my god speaking of allergy shots i talked to my allergist about that and it's literally like one shot a month forever yeah and i was like no thanks i'll suffer <laughs> <laughs> I'll just suffer through my allergies. Thank you. Like if I could give myself the shot, that's not a big deal. But the idea of like having to go into DC to get allergy meds once a month, no thanks. I also have some problems with the locations in this episode. Go ahead. Yeah, so many problems with the locations. Can I just say before we start that I really do love our backwards hat energy today? Oh yeah. I love our vibes right now. We're very much giving like 90s boy band. I've even got the cat ears thing going. You've even got the, you're, we are a 2095 boy band, actually. We're the actually, boy band of the future. Okay. Let's go. Into the skies of Wheels Up. But first, the, the theme, theme song. song. I forgot about it. I was ready to go. Hi everyone, welcome to this podcast, Wheels Up, about criminal minds. I'm James. And I'm B. And this week, we are back talking about evolution, or season 16, whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> we are talking about uh, episode 3 and 4, Moose and Pay-Per-View. How surprised were you that Moose was alive? Scale of 1 to 10? Yeah. 9. Fairly surprised. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd say nine. I'd say ten. I'd say a full <laughs> ten. He opened that camera and the dog was like, woof, woof. And I was like, wait a minute. I, here's the thing. I had a crazy theory that Moose was still alive because I'm like, what if he just stole the collar to see that he could, you know, and then he was going to go back and then steal the dog or something like that. 
So oh. I thought Moose was still alive because he was just like seeing if he could steal the thing from her if he wanted to, you know, but yeah, no, that makes sense. I fully thought he was dead. and That was a trophy. But when the music was playing and Moose was like barking and stuff, I was like, how is he feeding this dog? I don't think he I don't think he was. I think that was the point that the dog got so hungry it would eat a human alive. I think that was the I think the, that kind was of the whole what... point of it. <laughs> yeah, I think that was kind of the whole point. Can we talk about the fact mm-hmm. that this is allegedly still a separate show? It's not season 16. They're billing it as Criminal Minds Evolution, but right. they still haven't fucking separated the shows on IMDb. We got <laughs> some comments, actually, on the last episode that we did on Evolution. Hey, do you guys know that you guys can comment on our podcast on Spotify? Like, we get an email notification when you do that. So we had a few comments last time. Mm. And I think it's like the Q&A feature or whatever. Anyway, that's another great way to give us corrections. But we did have a few corrections from last time that I wanted to talk about. Can I talk about them? Please do. So we did have uh, from Harriet... Uh, who said that we actually didn't know we had talked about this because you and I had not have not watched the end of Criminal Minds, which seems silly for a Criminal Minds podcast. But if we don't watch the end, can it ever really end? The answer is no. We'll be talking no. about this till we die. But Harriet pointed out that we didn't know that Emily was moving to section chief. She was on a list to be director, but then somebody died, so she was taken off that list. So but now she's there, so that's new. Sorry, she would have been the director of the FBI. Or, or instead, deputy director, I think. Something like that. And instead, she's a section chief. I mean, okay, that's fine. That's still a big job. But that explains why she's so, like, done Pissed. with Bailey. She's yeah. like, I literally should have your job. I should be and where you are. You. Exactly. Interesting. Um, but yeah. Thank you, Harriet, for that correction in the Q&A of our last episode. Yeah. That's very helpful. You guys can, if you're on Spotify, I think you have to be on mobile Spotify to answer the quote-unquote Q&A questions that we can, we can like, set them when we upload an episode. But if we don't set anything special, it'll just be like, what do you think about this episode? So just use it as a comment dumping ground. Who gives a fuck? Please do. Um, but yeah. Interesting. Gang, thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. You guys can always give us corrections, especially on evolution, because again, we don't know what happened in seasons 14 and 15. (laughs) Uh, You can do that by that method on Spotify, or if you want to just like add us on Twitter, Tumblr, Mm -hmm, Instagram, mm -hmm. those as well, or uh, wheels up at brightcrownmedia.com. So, oh, I wanted to bring something up that I didn't think about the last time that I thought about this time. So we start the episode with a man. He's like running through the woods holding the kill kit. And JJ and Luke are chasing after him. And JJ's telling the cops, we need to get him alive. We have to get him alive. You know, if you box him in, he's going to kill himself. Don't do it. But the cops were like, he was shooting at us. So we have to get him. And they box him in. And he shoots himself in the head in the car. And And they just like show it. One, they show it. Two, JJ has this like full body flinch like her whole face scrunches up and she's like so shaken and i just want to remind everyone that jj's sister committed suicide and now like not only is jj having to like work on a case where like if they get too close the person's gonna kill themselves but she has to watch it happen sometimes yeah 
that's wild and terrible and so sad and so crazy. And shout out to AJ Cook for like portraying that full body flinch so well. Yes, so that full well. body, full body, full body reaction <laughs> uh, was no, very rough. good. And if nobody yeah. else appreciates AJ Cook's acting choices, then goddamn it, we do. We do. Okay, so then we go to Seattle. We don't know where that guy was running. They like didn't tell us. So we go to Seattle. Elias helping his daughter with basketball practice, which is like very cute. These kids are funny. Both of these kids, uh, Elias has two daughters, um, Holly and Harlow. Uh, the older one is Holly and the right. younger one is Harlow. She is hilarious. Yes. <laughs> She's hilarious. I really like these kids, the little one and the teenager. So he's helping the little one with basketball practice. And then she runs inside. And like, as soon as she's out of view, Elias's like mask drops. And he's like, clearly, it's hard because like, I do feel like he cares about his family. So this is something I wanted to bring up. We see when they show things on screen, his messages, some of them, and his like bio on the site he said i wasn't born like this somebody nurtured the beast capital t capital b the beast and i kind of like see that in this episode maybe in episode yeah in episode three i think both of them really but he killing isn't like he does not something he wants to do maybe but it like he, he said he keeps him level. That's what he says at the end of episode three. And he was clearly like groomed by this guy. He's like, I follow my rules. And the other guy's like, it's my rules. Don't forget that. Mm -hmm. So there's this kind of like, I think Elias has this tension. Well, one, that clears up. You know, we guessed it was his dad. We still don't know. It could be. But he was. It's a father figure either way. Yeah. yeah. But he was taught these specific skills. So I like that. Now we know why he has these specific, you know, skills and this knowledge. He was taught them by another more experienced killer. And two, I think it's it's interesting that he says he wasn't born like this. You know, I think that when it comes down to the end, we're going to see Elias have to, like, make a choice. You know? Okay. To be himself, who wasn't born a killer, or to be the person he was, like, made into. Like, can he overcome the years of grooming, etc.? I, I do think we get a lot of interesting stuff as Penelope and JJ kind of delve into what the network is and, yeah. like, what's going on there. Um, And especially, yeah, that, like... Someone nurtured the beast is really funny, actually. I'm sorry. It's oh, just a very funny wait phrase. Wait till you hear my ending quote. It's from one of those messages. Okay, so true. Love it. I don't know. I think I think it's good that we spend so much time with Elias to see him as like just a person. Because even through like mainline criminal minds, I feel like we haven't what's the word I'm looking for? We never really delved into very much like these people like lead normal lives for like the majority of their lives. And even if they, you know, are a killer on the weekends or whatever, they still like go to work. And so I like that we're seeing that like before the stressor, 
you know, like a like a before the stressor killer who's just like, yeah, I just like do this, but like for fun, you know, like I have a normal like this is just like a hobby of mine. He's like, I never learned how to work on my anger issues. So here I am. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's I think it's really inter- it's an interesting choice to show us so much of the so much of Elias's home deal this early on. Yeah, kind of from the beginning, and and I've always, you know, what it reminds me of. Did you ever see the fall with Gillian Anderson? It's a British show. No, I did not. It's pretty good, but it's another one of these shows that, like, we know who the unsub is from the beginning, mm-hmm. and we're watching him with his kids and with his family, and we're like watching him make more and more of these poor choices, and you know, he's always been a killer. But we see kind of the beginning of his descent to madness. Exactly. And I feel like that's where we are with Elias. You know, he's always been this way, but now the BAU is somewhat onto him. So we're seeing it all kind of begin to unravel. And I think that's really fun. So the older daughter goes inside to the kitchen. And was it you who told me that this is the actor's wife? This is his real life wife. Oh, for real? Um, yeah. Bridget, uh, Bridget Void is played by uh, Kylie Sanchez. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's his real life wife. She has been married to Zach Guilford since December of 2012. Uh, they have yeah, one child. I, huh. Yeah, I think he brought her in to read and they were like, keep her. <laughs> and she just and they it. do have a very, they have good married couple chemistry. <laughs> yeah. It's very much just like, yeah, this is a very believable relationship. Yep. So, especially when we find out the older daughter was at a party and they were vaping and the younger daughter, like, took her phone. I don't know why she was at the party. And the girl is like, I promise I wasn't vaping. I promise. Okay, here's the thing about vaping. It's terrible. It's bad. Children are addicted to it. It's ruining lives. It's super bad for your lungs. It's super bad for your lungs. Literal teenagers are addicted to it. It's terrible. It's awful. I get why it's such a big deal. At the same time, it just doesn't hold the same weight as like weed or alcohol or like. But like, doesn't it? Because every person I've met who's ever been annoying about vaping is also super annoying about the fact that they smoke weed. Like, I'm yeah, so sorry. They are the, <laughs> the the Venn diagram is nearly a goddamn circle. It's fucking annoying. But it's just like funny. It's like you left your phone next to the vape pen last night. And the I girl turns around and is like, I promise I wasn't vaping. And again, I know it's terrible. And I know it's basically cigarettes. But it's just like vaping. <laughs> I think it's I think it's especially funny when you contrast it with the fact that her father is a serial murderer. Right. I think that's the duality that they're trying to give to us. And I think it works because it is funny. <laughs> it is funny. And they like the kids go away. They're like, we have to discuss this. And he's like, do you believe her? And she's like, the mom is like, I don't know, probably she's a really good kid, you know. And the dad's like, maybe she's actually, like, having sex. Ugh. And the mom's like, maybe she's a vegan. And they're both just like, Ugh. I think it's so funny. I no, was laughing so during this whole scene. I was like, yeah, okay. You're, you're yeah. married. I get it. It's really funny. It was really, like, hilarious. So the mom has to take the girls out. And before she leaves, the mom is like, 
hey, there's something wrong with the, the auto pay on our water bill. And the husband's like, okay. Elias is like, okay, like I'll figure it out. And then he opens his bank account, and it is truly like negative $1,600. So he goes to transfer money from his credit card to his checkings account, and there's not enough space on his credit card. So, and we've all been there, Elias. Like I just actually, haven't murdered people about it, but we've all been there, right. my guy. I don't know that I'd ever kill someone about it, but we've been there. So we know he's like super in debt. And I, so I made this note. I was like, you know, he's telling his wife, because she didn't really take the money stress very seriously when the daughter was like, I have to go to, I'm going to private school and they have to pay for it and all that kind of stuff. She didn't take it seriously. But I realized like she does think he's going on all of these work trips and, you know, very successful at the company. In reality, he's just like spending money on plane fare and random things and this and that you know yeah and like we learned later so the way he made his list is by he contacts people through the message board and then they invest they give him money to buy supplies and then they get their name added to the list Mm -hmm. so they have paid to serial kill with his help which i think is oh my god it's a pyramid scheme it's oh an MLM. God. Holy shit. He's Holy MLM-ing. shit, it's a multi-level marketing scheme. Would you Holy like to spend shit. some money to work for me? Yeah. Wow. And then those killers bring in other killers. Bring in other killers, and then they bring in other killers. <laughs> oh my god, it's a pyramid scheme. Oh my god, <laughs> the truest of all evils. Multi-level wow. marketing schemes. A serial no. killer and an MLM. <laughs> Truly the worst. <laughs> Could not be worse. Oh my gosh, that's very funny. So it's like, yeah, he's running out of money because he's not actually working his job. And then he and loses his job like later this episode. Oh my god, he loses his job and they take the car back. And they take the car back. Which makes which sense. Like, they can. We learned he's, a a tra- he's essentially like a traveling salesman. What annoyed me about that phone call was the boss being like, we have to let you go. Oh, you'll get a job. Sales engineers are in super high demand right now. And it's like, then why are you firing me? Like, that's the one thing I was just kind of like, are they? Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like they are. Yeah, so I don't know. And then this boy, his name is Chad, is trying to sell magazines to like pay for lacrosse camp. Mm hmm. And also, how did they have that nice ass house when he's literally just like a traveling computer salesman? That just seems dude, fucking engineers, like software engineers, if they are salesmen, they work on commission and they do like enterprise level contracts for like millions and millions of dollars. If you get a fucking 5% commission off of that, you make a shit ton of money for every sale. And if he makes multiple sales a year, yeah, he was probably fine. Before this. Right, before the pandemic, alas. Okay, yeah, so he sees Chad who's selling magazines for lacrosse camp, and the dad is like, Elias is like, yeah, I don't need magazines, thanks. And Chad's father, whose name is Hal, that's important, Hal is like, come on, dude, just like pick one. So Elias is like, fine, thanks, and like gives him money and buys it. And then as they walk away, Hal's looking at Chad and is like, you've got to push, just like you've got to push with girls. 
And it's just like, God, the scumbag. Elias fully does fantasize about murdering this man directly in front of him, too. He fully dissociates and imagines himself bashing this man's head in with a rock, which I feel like is Mm -hmm. a measured and calm response to this jackass, actually. I'm okay with that. Actually, Elias, you can do that. that. You can do this murder. That's fine. They do the thing where they, like, have the action play out and then it cuts to he was just thinking about it you know they like did that thing of like bashing the guy's head in like with a rock but he doesn't so he goes to his kill kit that he's hidden in that locker pulls up the encrypted phone and we see that there's like they're doing the thing where there's a second you know system that you have to get through an app like so Mm -hmm. he goes through his weather app into his secret system and he opens it and there's like he has a box in every or a camera in every one of his storage containers and there's like 10 of them there's a lot of them yes and in one of them is moose a and dog. a dog the dog and he we see him like play music and that like makes moose angry so clearly he's like Pavloving him. Some of their use of technology is a little willy-nilly. I did like the use of like having this dude play music over a smart speaker from a million miles away. Cause that is also how I inflict psychological warfare on my coworkers as well. I just sort of play music <laughs> in their offices. And you know, if Mambo number five comes on in the middle of the workday while Kelly's really in focus on a task, then that's just too damn bad, you know? That's too damn bad. Sharon was doing that to me the other night. She, like, we got those, like, um, smart plugs that you can, like, use voice commands through, like, Alexa to turn on and off. Mm -hmm. And I was in the bed looking at TikToks, and all of a sudden my bedside light starts turning on and off, and it's because she was fucking talking to Alexa in the other room, freaking me (laughs) out. I, like, came out and I was like, hello? Like... Can I help you? Can I help you? And she was like, sorry, sorry. That was me. And I was like, get out, sorry. You're not sorry. Okay. JJ brings the kill kit from earlier into the warehouse. We learn that Tara lives in Virginia. She, like, lives near Quantico. And Rebecca, her girlfriend, has been staying with her while she's been assigned to Quantico. And she's like, I want to move in because, you know, I used to drive from D.C. to Quantico, but now I live here. You know, and Tara's like, well, what if they assign you back to D.C.? And she's like, well, you know, I don't mind the commute, you know, if I'm living with you. And Tara, like, doesn't know. And Rebecca's like, I know it's fast. And I I, I wrote in my notes here, U-Haul jokes. Yeah. And earned. But also Tara does fully look like a deer in the headlights. Oh, Tara's like, uh, uh, um, um, <laughs> I'll think about it. It's been six months. I can't judge too much. Shen and I signed a lease after eight months. But it worked out, obviously. So maybe it'll God, work out. Do with y'all that. not have trust issues? Come on. <laughs> That's so sick. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We signed the lease, but it was an apartment that she could pay for by herself, just in case. Okay, fair. Fair. You know, because it was like her lease was up in July. My lease wasn't up till January. And by January, we would have been dating for a year. So we were like, well, let's just sign this, make sure that you can pay for it by yourself, you know, while my lease continues. And then I moved in. So I, I didn't technically move in for a year. Okay, that's fair, actually. So Tara gets out of the elevator. They kiss. Tara gets out of the elevator. 
and I think that's our first like positive gay kiss ever in Criminal Minds. You for real? There has to have been another one, right? Name it. Oh my god. Name it. Name a gay kiss in Criminal Minds. Name a gay kiss in Criminal Minds, period. Not even a positive period. or negative one. Just name one. Yeah. There name has a gay to kiss. have been some case where it was nope. like the child of a gay couple or something. Nope. Absolutely not. Nothing? Absolutely not. I'm so sure there are no gay kisses in Criminal Minds. Correct us in the Q&A of this, of this episode if we're wrong. I'm so sure, and I'm glad that it's Tara, and I'm glad that it's positive. Exactly. You know what? If anybody deserves to kiss women on screen, it's Aisha Tyler. I, I mean, truly. She's done her time. Let her just kiss women professionally. Truly. Okay. A woman stops Tara in the lobby and is like, I need to know if my child was in the storage container She's been missing since 2007. And Ty's like, well, go wait in the family room. And she's like, I've been waiting in there for hours. And she like gestures to the family room. And it's just like full of people who think that like their loved one could be in this box. Heartbreaking. And they never, I feel like they should focus on this uh, whole fucked up thing a little bit more, but they do not. They don't. Also, I think it's been like not even a week in Criminal Minds time. Or it's been like a week. So they're probably still waiting on DNA results. Yeah. Except later they're like, Allison wasn't in the box. So they know. But they just didn't go. I hope they go back to that because they like didn't do that. (laughs) Which was weird. So then Penelope is like mad about the GPS coordinates again. Being like, they dragged me into this. And... But then she's like, it's so it's so good to see you, my furry friends. <laughs> my fine furry friends. Which she has said before. She in has. In early seasons, yeah. And she's like, did I tell you about the time the hot dog filter on Sora was on the fritz? So is it also like a Snapchat, the hot dog filter? Is it uh? Is it like Facebook where you can like put something over your profile picture? Or is it like snapchat with a little dancing hot dog hmm now that's a good question because if it's a forum usually the profile picture isn't like a big enough thing is it a forum signature that they add a little dancing hot dog to that's not a filter she would say signature i don't fucking know what she talks about she talks about the startup life a whole lot here and it's like girl you work remotely chill yeah also is it a startup sometimes it's just like a new company uh, is every new company a startup i would say yes i only have a minor in business i actually don't um yeah, i couldn't tell you entirely no like if i open a restaurant a west want don't oh no <laughs> why would you do I'm this sorry. to me i'm sorry i love you um i mean like yeah what i mean like it qualifies as a startup if you get venture capital funds. Isn't that like what qualifies it as a startup? So wouldn't that mean that like anything that gets some sort of venture capital like Penelope would have had to, does that count as a startup? The answer is I think yes. Startups are companies or ventures that are focused on a single product or service that the founders want to bring to market. Okay, so every company and or service? Come on. Yeah, like a single. How long is it considered a startup? Three to five years. Interesting. What's the difference between a small business and a startup? Startups are not built to return profits immediately. So like a restaurant, you're you're like, I'm going to open it and get money. 
Yes. But a startup is like, it'll take some time to get ads and investors and I have to build a customer base. That's like a startup, I guess. You're going to lose money before you get money. Okay, I'll give her startup then. Although she's like rich as shit, but whatever. Okay, she, <laughs> later she's like, we need a foosball table. And she just like, her. okay, yeah, I'll she get that She says some you. shit about like, you work better when you're social. Also, we need a foosball table. Girl, you are the FBI. <laughs> I like, she's like, we need a foosball table. And JJ's like, okay, we'll get that for you. And I was like, JJ, they can't no afford the that. goddamn jet. And you want them to afford a foosball table? Come on. I mean, they have a treadmill, you know? And? <laughs> Why don't they just also make it a full rec room in Emily's office? Okay, no, <laughs> she makes a joke at the beginning of episode four where she, after she becomes like unit chief again, she's like, oh, didn't you know I just went in my office back? There's a treadmill in there now. Like, yeah. <laughs> God bless. She's so funny. God bless she's her. so funny. Okay. Oh, Rossi is like, let's get this fuckhead. And she's like, you mean Sicarius? And like, oh, we don't say that. Okay. And then she's like, so this uh, doesn't sound right coming from me. And I was like, Penelope Garcia in real life would have like the biggest potty mouth. For sure. Like when she's talking to that guy, I really want her to be like, you know what? I'm fucking sick of this. Okay. But she doesn't use bad words to clean. She does use one bad word. What? At the very end, when she's talking to him, she's like, God, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she says once, she says um, his whole, his whole like, she when she's talking to Tyler later, um, she says, like, your whole, like, lone wolf, I'm going to catch a serial killer bullshit. Nice. So she does swear. Sorry, I know that was a great use of audio time here, but she does also later tell that man to pull his head out of his ass. Sorry. Again, very she important. She does, you're right. Sorry, I don't think of ass as a curse word. Like, I know it is. But like it is, eh. <laughs> is it? In yes. twenty twenty two, it's asked still a curse word. Yeah, it is. Yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> ass feels normal, and then like butt is like, hee hee hee. You know, butt is for little guys who cause chaos. Absolutely. So us. Okay. She can't say fuckhead, whatever, but she can't say securious, so she's like the guy. And she opens up the chat room. And basically, this messenger app has like a public side and a private side, but it can be only accessed through like a secret app thing. It's odd. I don't know. But the big post at the top is like, death to the haters. And then I wrote down some fun screen names. This one is Thorn by Day underscore Night. And then we have Get Hungry, 1893. <laughs> Specific. George Junglefucker. <laughs> that's just an average. That's just an average username Aver- on I was Twitter, like, actually. <laughs> I was like, I too would fuck George of the Jungle. Like, sure. <laughs> do, you, are you, do you think you're fucking special? I would fuck right. him too. What do you want? <laughs> Everyone would. And then we have Uber Mail Mail. Both spellings. Tired of the blood. And later we have twice shy. Because, you know, once scorned, twice shy. Great. They're using the chat room to communicate. And they're like, but how did he find his first person? It's mostly through online recruitment. How did he get started? What's up with the suicide pact? 
And then JJ is like, there was a lot of self-radicalization during the pandemic. And then it's like, is he a, does he run a cult? Is he an artist? Is this like practice? And then Tara refers, Tara refers to homeless people as low risk targets. And again, they've gone back to referring to the risk, like the risk the killer is taking to be caught instead of like instead of the victim like these are high risk targets they live on the streets they don't have people looking after them they probably can't fight back well those are they live a high risk lifestyle but they're talking about them from the killer's perspective which is like you know interesting they they switched that up right in season three of criminal minds right and for a while then they're talking about it like the risk the victim is taking in their everyday life instead of the okay great wonderful yeah and now we've gone back to centering the killers okay luke and tara are going to look through the kill kits they're going to look at you know the manufacturing where they were bought patterns in the items all that kind of stuff and then luke just just like brings up bailey Looks just like they needed to remind people that there is a villain, and that villain is bureaucracy this season. (laughs) Truly, but it's just like weird to me because it truly comes out of nowhere. Luke is like, "Can we talk about the elephant in the room?" I thought it was going to be like Penelope doesn't work for us anymore, or like something like that. And then it was like, "Nope, Bailey's on to us." It was just so Rossi could say, "We've got an ace in the hole," and then it's like. There's Emily. <laughs> and so true. I love so true. everybody. I love that she's getting her appreciation. And I love her. Okay. She says, you know, hey, there's 10 boxes. We recovered. You know, we found them, but three of them got away. Or like three of them were dug up before they got to them. And Bailey's like, who cares if we catch them or not? As long as they die, don't we like want these killers off the street? Which is, like, not how I want my government thinking about people. Yeah, it feels like a really strange way because that is historically not how the FBI handles murderers. Yep. In general. That's sort of not how the entire system works. Yeah, and you can, like, see that on Emily's face. She's literally like, what the fuck, dude? She's like, do you know where you work? She's like, we can't just go around killing them. So then, we can't just go around telling killers to kill themselves. They're not always going to do it. It's not always going to work. Right. And so Emily's like, no, you know, we need to like get rid of him so that people can be safe. And Bailey's like, no, they just need to feel safe. Which again is like. Not how this works at all, actually. <laughs> can't be correct, right? Super not. Like, it's got, like, that's wrong. So Emily's like, no, dude. And then they talk about, like, wait, so a man radicalizing people to commit crimes, you know, that sounds like terrorism. Should we get domestic terrorism on it? And Emily's like, no, domestic terrorism deals with political agendas, anti-government terrorism. These are killers working on compulsion. And yes, they're like kind of a network, but no, they're not the type of terrorists you deal with. And he's like, we need to put the right tool for the job. We need to get the right tool for the job. And Emily's like, 
we are the right tool for the job. What is wrong with you? I really want to like, I know this guy's whole thing is efficiency and like saving money and like whatever, but like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Do you know where you work? Are you aware of the principles and like sort of the best practices for like your whole job, your whole profession? Are you aware? I mean, this just goes back to like what we talked about the last time we talked about evolution of like the BAU has been successfully doing this for 15 years. At this point, I know it's season 16, but 15, 16, 17, 18 years they've been doing this, doing great, catching people, saving lives, the whole nine yards. What has changed? I mean, I guess the pandemic, but like that didn't snow. But it's like, they're doing so well. So at first it was like, well, you do better when you're split up. And it's like, okay, great. But we still are centralized around, you know, the BAU. And then it's like, Rossi isn't a good leader. So it's like, okay, Rossi got his shit together. And then it's like, this is a big network. We need the right people. And it's like, we're the right people. And Emily keeps saying like, we built this case. You can't just hand it to somebody else. They don't know what they're doing. It just feels a little... I would hate to live in the Criminal Minds version of reality because, like, there's serial killers literally everywhere all the time forever. Mm -hmm. If that is the case, why are there not more people in the BAU? Also that. Oh, so this is the scene where... Next is the scene where Eliza's daughter and wife come home and the youngest daughter is like, I won the game. But that's not why we're celebrating. And it's because the older daughter got into a private school and like 20% of the graduates from this high school like go to Ivy Leagues. So she's like super thrilled about it. But the dad like just looked at his empty bank account, his like in the red bank account. And he's like, that's a lot of money. And the wife's like, oh, it'll be fine. But like, will it? I also... I don't think the wife knows how deep of a hole they're in. Absolutely not. I don't think she knows. And I think that's why she's not taking it seriously. Because yeah. even the way she mentioned the bill, she was like, oh, there's just something wrong with the auto pay. So, like, that happens yeah. all the time. Shit happens like that all the fucking time. Yeah. So, like, I understand why she's not taking it seriously. Yeah. And why she's not like, oh, it'll be fine, honey. You know why she's doing that. Yeah, I his wife's not taking money seriously. That just stresses me out because money's one of my isn't it our all all of our big stressors. But again, she thinks they're like well off. So does everyone. Like even Chad's father house makes some comment about it. He also Hal also makes a comment about like that she was like accepted for diversity we let's talk about the other stuff before we talk about okay. fucking hell okay so yeah so penelope won't work in her office she's like i need to cleanse it with sage and jasmine and all this stuff and <laughs> and jj's like okay bestie sure and this is where she makes the joke about how they need like a foosball table but jj and penelope like do hang out there for hours like when jj like when Penelope shows up, JJ's in her blazer, and then, like, the next time we see them, like, blazer off, sleeves rolled up. They're just, like, hanging out, shooting the shit, yeah. and all this weird stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, JJ has a little bonsai tree and, like, a zen garden that looks like a beach on it's her so desk. so cute, actually. I think it's, <laughs> it's very so cute. cute. I'm like, I wish I'd my office that. had natural sunlight so I could have a plant. 
A plant. Yeah. Any plant. <laughs> All the plants in our house, with the exception of my garden, are fake. Maybe you should get a fake plant for my office. Should I get yeah, a fake I- plant for my office? Ikea sells these little, they're like three bucks and they look just like a little house plant and we have them all around because our cats wouldn't stop fucking eating them and we can't keep anything alive. So we just put them around so it looks like we have plants. They're like in the bathroom, they're in the living room, they're in the bedroom and they're fake. But I get to look at them and be like, ah, greenery. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should get a fake plant for my office. It's truly enriched. Maybe I'll get a little fake bonsai tree. (laughs) Do it. Fucking do it. I truly believe that is the best option. So Penelope brings up this messaging app again and is like, true crime is super popular. Like just the true crime board has like 50,000 or 500,000 people on it. Like a lot of people. And true crime is too popular these days. Yes, truly. Which is hilarious because it's like, okay, criminal minds. I know. I can't believe that I am a true crime hater while on a Criminal Minds podcast, but I am a true crime industry hater. I want that to be known. I hate it. Okay, right. So they find one user that's probably Elias. You know, their name is like user 4662, like something random. And we see that he says, like, I wasn't born this way. Someone nurtured the beast, which is really interesting. And apparently he gets like a lot of advice and like, Everyone comes to him for approval. Everybody wants, like, him to notice them. He's senpai. He's the cool guy on the message board. We all know one who's just, like, the cool person in the... I hate this saying, but, like, the cool person in the fandom. You know, the fandom of murder. That's what this dude is, basically. And, oh, Penelope calls JJ my angel of music. (laughs) Like, from Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) Which is so cute. I love them. I love that these two just get to hang out this episode, actually. Yeah. You they know that like was besties. a great day for AJ and Kristen. Oh, yeah. You oh, know yeah. they were just chilling, just chatting the shit. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so Penelope's going to find everyone that Elias talked to. Great. Elias is asking for more work. He's a sales engineer, but he gets fired. And okay, in these flashbacks of killings, we see the 2005 guy. That flashback from the beginning of episode one, it's in his flashbacks. I think we're going to see him, like, it's going to be revealed that he was, like, in the box at the same time and as, like, a child or a teenager or something. Like, I think it's going to be revealed that he was there. Oh, so you think the person we saw in the very, very beginning was Elias's dad or mentor, and then Elias was a small child watching Cause that was, I mean, that was 15 years ago. Yeah, but he's like, he has like a 15 year old. Like the kid is getting into a private high school. Like she looks like she's already in high school and she's just getting into a private school for like the last two years or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like the timeline just doesn't quite yeah. work for me. I guess so. Cause that kid is at least 15 or 16. So he's 40. So he would have been like 25. Yeah. He would not have been a child. I don't know. I think, I don't, I don't think it was him. I think we saw the person and it like wasn't him, but maybe it was, maybe it was. Do you think he's the person that Allison was dating? That was in 2007. Yes. Okay. But then he was married with a kid at the time. Maybe he did both. I guess. I don't like that. <laughs> Sorry. You, you're excusing his murders, but you draw the line at adultery. Yeah. That's where you draw the hard line. That's the, that's the hard line. Yeah. No. I mean, yes, but like, no. 
So then he hears, we see outside that Chad is talking to his eldest daughter. Chad is the kid, the lacrosse kid. Yeah. They're talking and she's like, oh my God, like you could totally get in, like apply, whatever. And then from behind Chad, Hal is there day drinking. I think the illusion is that Hal is in his driveway day drinking. Yeah. Which like, you live in Seattle in like a pretty upscale neighborhood. Is that where we're day drinking, gang? I can't tell if they're neighbors or not. Um, Elias says that, to not Hal, Elias says that like, I really want to kill my neighbor. Yeah, so they're neighbors. So they are neighbors. Oh, so he's just out in his own driveway. Yeah, I think that's sort of what they're trying to imply here. I see. Yeah, and Chad's out there talking with the girl. And okay, we need to talk about this. Chad calls, like, says that the Special Academy accepted the girl as a diversity hire. Chad doesn't say this. Hal does. I want to specify. Chad is just sort of, like, talking with her, and she's like, oh, yeah, you could totally get in for lacrosse. They have a great lacrosse program or something like that. Yeah. And then Hal is like, oh, yeah, they did it for diversity. To a white girl? That's the thing. Is she supposed to be, like, mixed or something but she's not i don't want to be like both of her parents are white but like both of the people she is currently living with as her parents are white i don't know i think it has to be a sexism thing because it has to be either a sexism thing or a gay thing that's that's what i gotta think it is why do you think a gay thing like she's gay yes Maybe. That's the only other thing I could think of besides this man being just outwardly sexist. Because she is just like a white girl. And like white girlies of the world, I hate to break it to you all. Um, we are not the diversity hire anywhere. And that's okay. <laughs> like, it's all right, gang. We're just not the diversity hires here. And that's fine. And that's fine. But like, I think it has to be a sexist thing i think so too and like he mentions and she's like no i worked really hard yeah and she's like you know equality just means an even playing field and she's sort of like mocking hal yeah yeah because he makes some comment about how it's like not easy for like a white guy anymore an all-american white boy or whatever he says it's like all right okay you're fucking annoying okay but then elias does come outside Stands up for his daughter and just, just like, just go inside, sweetie. I'll deal with him. And then gets called a beta mm-hmm. cuck. <laughs> he does get called a beta cuck. I love this show's newfound love for cuckolding. I love this. I love that they have a fun yep. thing now. That's sort of like a running bit. I love their newfound interest in cuckolding. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> like <laughs> it's just funny to be honest again who in the criminal minds of evolution writers room had to pitch this like are they okay <laughs> are they okay probably not it's just really fucking funny and she calls him like an alcoholic father <laughs> and that's when elias is like okay go inside <laughs> yeah then the guy's like, hit me, hit me. You're not going to because you're a beta cuck. And like, he goes into the house and the wife is like, man, someone should really teach him a lesson. And then Elias gets this look on his face. And I was like, oh yeah, no, he's going to kill him. He's for sure no, going to yeah, kill he's this gonna, guy. He's for sure going to kill him. Yeah. 
So this is when he goes back to his kit, his kill kit. He opens the phone and he calls this person twice shy. And there's this weird, like, it's hard to tell at first if this guy is like the boss or not, because he keeps being like, these people aren't following the rules. Like, you know, and I'm going to stop following the rules. And then this. So I, I couldn't tell at first like, who it was, but this is where we learned that you have to like buy in to Elias's serial killer pyramid scheme. Expertise. Yeah. And he's like, don't worry, both the network and I will be gone before we get caught, which is like interesting. And then he's like, look, if you give me another investment, the same as the first, I'll move you up the list. But there's one person ahead of you, and that's Tyler Green, which we will get to. I actually was wondering, do you think I actually don't? I thought twice shy was Tyler Green. I thought Tyler had paid into it. No. So remember, so in this conversation, he's like, you can move up the list. And the guy's like, to the top of the list. And he's like, no, there's one person ahead of you. And then later when he's like playing basketball in the middle of the night, then the guy's like, I sent you the money. And he's like, okay, there's one ahead of you. And then he texts that guy and he's like, 4 p.m. tomorrow. You know, I have a target. Okay. So this one person ahead. The thing that confused me was, was it, was it, Tyler Green, or was it himself? There's one person ahead of you, and it's him killing Hal. Or not Hal. I don't know, though. But yeah, I don't know. Or not Hal, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's why I was like, okay, is Twice Shy Tyler Green? Tyler, I don't think, maybe. I'm not sure. So, okay. JJ and Penelope are looking through stuff. Oh, and then... Penelope is like, this isn't fanfic. It's an audition. Like, they're not writing true crime fanfic. Which I think is just like murder mystery novels. We have to give more context to this. Penelope unearths a lot of like, on the message board, there's a lot of posts of people writing what they would do theoretically for crimes. And Penelope compares right. this to true crime fanfic. We can't just say the phrase true crime fanfic because I guarantee you there's some <laughs> shit on AO3. Like, I do not want to look, oh. but I guarantee you there is. Oh. So I feel like we can't say that phrase without context. That's fair. That's fair. We need to I'm not like, talking about specify. Like, I'm not, this isn't like Dom or X reader. God. You know? <sighs> yeah, no. The serial killer fandom. No. She's like, these are auditions, basically. And this is where they figure out that, like, some of the kids have been there for, like, five years or more. So there's no way that he made them for these candidates. So what he must be doing is getting candidates that fit the kit. So JJ's like, chicken or egg, you know, which came first, the kits or the killers. But it looks like Elias is picking candidates who match the kits that are already buried. That's what it looks like. Which makes me think that this has been going on for much longer than Elias, which makes me really believe that that person in episode one was like his father or something like that, who was already training him and doing and using these kits, basically, I think. Yeah, I really think so, too. And something happened to him. I bet whatever happened to the mentor was the trigger for Elias. You know, because the mentor looks like a ghost. So, like, he's not there anymore. Okay. 
JJ goes to like the warehouse where they're keeping the storage unit and the kits and stuff and talks to Tara and Luke. And Tara and Luke say the only three forms of murder that aren't represented are acid, strangulation, and fire. Which is an interesting premise. Because, you know, they have those 10 kits in total, they're missing three. Or there's 13 kits in total, they're missing three. Right. They've recovered 10. They're missing three. Yeah. And each one of them represents a different style of murder. murder. And we see from later... Elias has a box of like pentobarbital and it's just like the pentobarbital and a needle and there's a bunch of them and so he's like making kits based on a specific type of murder and then he's just finding people to act them out yeah who wants to do that specific thing yes correct and so the apparently the three murder types that aren't represented are acid strangulation and fire so this is very much giving I'm so sorry, and I don't think you'll uh, get this reference, but this is very much giving the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I don't get it. You will. Oh, okay. Very interesting. So then Penelope's like, okay, I'm going to search in the message board for acid, strangulation, and fire. And so then we see, we go to Elias at home. And he's, okay, this is so, like, stressful. He's sitting on the edge of the bed and he like won't talk to his wife about anything. And she's like, what's going on? Please like talk to me. Like she like tries to seduce him. She like tries to do all these things and like nothing will work. And then he's just like, I got to work some stuff out. And he goes and he plays nighttime basketball. It's a benefit of being rich, baby. You got nighttime basketball anytime you want. Anytime you want. And that's when twice shy says the money and he's talking to the other person. And... I wrote fire. It's the fire killing. Anyway, Elias goes back inside, wakes his wife up. All, he's like dressed. And he's like, I have to go on an emergency trip for work. But he like won't tell her that he's been fired. It is like so stressful. Okay. And then it like really like, I, I know it's probably like a pride thing or like he got the money from twice shy. So like he doesn't need to tell her, but like that money's going to run out. Like, he really doesn't care about his family at all. He would do something about this, you know? Yeah. So anyway, Penelope can't find anything on the message board about acid or strangulation. I refuse to believe that nobody on that board is talking about strangulation. For sure. Like, is that not one of the most common types of killing we see? Absolutely is. Yeah. So, but they find fire. And the guy who's not Elias, is talking about, like, the customer. And Tara's like, is he in sales? And Rossi's like, no, he's in the military. Because they call everyone, like, they call the organization they're working for the customer. And so, okay, Penelope tries to get into the Department of Defense, and she can't, and she's like, oh, they patched that hole that I told them about in 2012. Which is so funny, because you know Penelope was in her white hat hacker era then, it just makes me giggle mm. that we had all the Black Queen stuff and then, like, theoretically, all the time during her tenure in the FBI, she was like, hey, guys, you know you have a security vulnerability here, right? Anyway, hey, guys, you know you have a security vulnerability right here? <laughs> like, it's so funny that yeah. she was just, like, absolutely filing bug report after bug report and they no were one... not getting fixed. No, And then she just, like, looks like they're taking cyber more seriously, which is funny. Just but so then, it's so funny. 
And then Tara's like, I might have another way to get in. And she calls Rebecca, her girlfriend, who works for the Department of Justice. And this is where we get the next information. Tyler Green. I forget how they say they found him. They talk about, um, I theoretically, I believe they were looking at dishonorable discharges and people who would work like with the customer. They said that that was specifically like a drone thing. Like people who were work right. who were spotters and drone pilots would they were the ones who were using like customer terminology. And I just assume okay. Rossi helped Rebecca out on that one. Right. Yeah. So we learned that Tyler Green was in the military and his job would be like luring enemies to a specific spot, dropping stuff from the drone, and then reporting back about the fallout. And now he has PTSD because he has guilt about what he did and whether or not it was right. And he got an other than honorable discharge. So not dishonorable, but other than honorable discharge. Because he was publishing videos of the aftermath online. And then they make a comment about how PTSD increase like people with ptsd are more likely to commit suicide so like if this guy has a bomb he's gonna use it i feel like is this just me or is there a difference between like fire and a bomb i also thought there was a difference between fire and a bomb they're two very different things like they make a lot they do quite a few they do at least one arson case a season i feel like those are fire and then they do bomb cases which are separate things yeah i like, Adrian Bale was not the same as that, like, lust guy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Interesting. It was just, they're like, well, we got comments. This guy talked about, like, I'll rain fire on them, and it's bombs. Whatever. Okay, Elias is at Reagan International National Airport, and it's 7.41 p.m., <laughs> but when we go back to the BAU, the clock says it's 1.15. You were the only person in the world who would notice that. Well, I did. Yeah. And I'm putting it out here. I'm just saying that you're the only person who would. Also, they misspelled time on his airplane ticket. <laughs> really? Yeah, it says local time, but it's T-E-I-M. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Good Lord. It's like, it's in the, it's in the tiniest writing. And I only noticed it because I stopped to look at the time on the plate and then underneath it it said local time and i was like that's not like that's the second misspelling in this new series the first was when it said message received and they put the i and the e in the wrong order that was an episode like one what is it with they talk about a rush job yeah what's up <laughs> what is up with that anyway so also he landed at 7.41 p.m., but when he texted the guy, he was like 4 p.m. tomorrow. But like in theory, you'd be using local time. So like that, anyway, doesn't matter. Literally doesn't matter. He doesn't have any messages. He takes the taxi. Great. Bailey, Emily, and Rossi are in the round table room. Bailey says, so a military veteran with a bomb in D.C. That sounds like domestic terrorism to me. And Rossi starts being like, you're a fucking idiot. You don't know fucking anything. You fucking dweeb-ass bitch coming in here telling me what the fuck to do. Rossi just, like, goes off, and I love him. Rossi's 
so funny. They really just let Joe Montana do whatever he wants and swear yeah. as much as he wants this season. He's yeah. like, you're a little fucking idiot. You're a little fucking fuckboy idiot. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. And, ba- and Bailey's like, that's rude. So Emily's like, look, fine. We'll work with the domestic terrorism. You know, great. Garcia comes in and is like, I've got the location of the phone. Great. Luke and JJ going into the field. Okay. Okay. We need to talk about this. Uh-huh. Tyler Green is at some sort of like park or playground. And I was like, where is that? Where is that? I don't know where that is. There's a sign behind him that says the Alabama Park. Doesn't exist. So I went, maybe they meant the Alabad Museum. No. They show us the screen of JJ's iPad. A map, in theory. I have never, ever felt such true rage as I did in that moment, okay? Okay, why? Beyond beyond the Miami bullshit, this got me. Because a park where the fence butts up against the White House? What? What? And then they named the White House is famously on Pennsylvania Avenue. Famously on Pennsylvania Avenue. And then the streets, it's like Alabad Street. When where that is in Farragut North, there are no named streets except for Pennsylvania Avenue. They're all states. Everything else, the White House, the four streets around the White House are 8th Street Northwest, 15th Street Northwest, 17th Street Northwest, and Pennsylvania Avenue. They just threw in some word, Alabad, and then East Street Northwest. What the fuck is East Street? (laughs) Nothing. That's nothing. East Street Northwest? What? Okay. I just, I hated it. And then the diagram of the White House looked like a fucking basketball court. And I also, I'm looking at the picture you posted of this map earlier. It pisses me off to no end. But um, also the graphic design on it's really bad. The eye in White House is completely encased in shadow from this fucking drop shadow. You can't see. It looks like W-H-T-E house. No, I am so, like, in what world? Like, truly, no. And then there's, like, nothing else around it, even though in reality there's, like, so much shit around it. And, like, they they put... They put... Farragut Square and the other park in the map, but then they just were like... And also, the park that's attached to the White House. It's, like, I... I... This... And then they put a numbered street, and it's 10th Street Northwest. It's not even one of the real streets. Which is just... I'm... I don't like it. I think it's... They make a lot of choices to, like, ignore the actual geography of a lot of places. And usually it doesn't matter all that much, because it's, like, a city that seven people live in. I'm looking at you, Kansas City. But... To do that with the White House, the White, like you specifically mentioned the White House. You can do it with other places in the capital. That, I mean, like, that's fine. It's whatever, right? But like the White House, the famous place, 
where the president is. Where the president? And you're not informing the Secret Service of this? I just, it very much bothers me. There is like a little park, Lafayette Square, but I'm, but I don't, it's, no, no. I've been here. I've literally been here. I drive by here all the time. It's no. It makes me mad. It just doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's the capital of our country. I just, the graphic design on it is like a child's drawing. It's also really inefficient as a map in general. The map that they show us is not at all how an actual map would be laid out. Not at all. No, no, not at all. And it's like live. And it's live because they have the dots of where the people are, but the dots are way too large. So they cover up the design. They cover up the name of the cross streets that they're on, which is just terrible graphic design. And then they have like, they have JJBAU and then they have, you can't even see the other letters there. You can't even see Luke Alvarez BAU because his nameplate is over all of the other fucking like (laughs) the other massive green dots it's just they did not pay a graphic designer enough this season no and like they even put the street above east street is i street and it is in real life so it's like you know one of the streets you just fucked with all the rest of them it just i i know it makes you so angry truly and for what and for what again to do this in any other city or any other place in Washington, D.C., you would have been fine to just name a fucking park or whatever. But, like, to do that in the White House? Right next to the the one of the most famous streets in D.C., Pennsylvania Avenue? You're gonna just... And then, during the filming, the White House is never in the background. So why did it need to be near the White House? <laughs> The idea is that it's like there's a bomb that close to the White House. You know, that's not usually a problem because there's no parks that close to the White House. You can't get that close to the White House for a reason. That's kind of the whole point. That's the whole point. Literally the whole point. Also, if they were a bomb that close, they wouldn't just be like, yeah, we'll kill him before he gets it off. They would be evacuating the fucking White House. They'd be in the goddamn tunnel. Yeah, like, why would you not inform the Secret Service of this? You've made more issues for yourself. The Secret Service, hey, the there's a bomb in the park next to the White House. Like, Dude, like what? Wild. And also, like, again, if this were, like, season three, four, even, I'll give them to 15. It would annoy me in 15, but, like, whatever. This is right now. They just filmed this. Like, they just did this. As we're speaking, someone is editing the last episode of Criminal Minds. Like, yeah. what? Okay, anyway. So then they're like, JJ and Luke are like, we need to take them by surprise. And the domestic terrorism guy is like, I'll take that under advisement. And then there's a sniper. And Emily's like, what the fuck? We don't know if he's armed, first off. And second off, he's the only lead we have. Which again really blows my mind as to like what the fuck is bailey doing what the fuck you're just gonna shoot it's like you don't trust the bau enough to do anything but you trust them so much you're willing to like shoot a guy on sight do you trust them or not right like he's so slap happy with the killing 
Like, I I really hope we get a clearer insight into what Bailey's whole deal is. I keep forgetting this is, like, episode four and not, like, the second to last episode, you know? Like, yeah, we have six more episodes. Theoretically, we do, actually. Um, because in the episode five, um, the phrase that I can't pronounce correctly, apparently, um, we do get, uh, the IMDb description for episode five is a surprising connection forces deputy director Bailey to ask the BAU to take a case involving young DC socialites bitten by a sadistic unsub. So there's that. Um, so maybe we do learn what his deal is. Oedipus Rex. They're like, if he gets into the park, that's super bad because we won't be able to shoot because there'll be too many people. And then the domestic terrorism guy is like, the BAU, you're just here as observers, which is incorrect. Emily was like, we can like tag team it. So I don't know what bullshit this guy was on. So then- You don't know what this dude's deal is. (laughs) There's so many things wrong with this man. So then JJ and Luke go into the park after the guy. And Bailey's like, get them out of there. Get them out of there. And Emily's like, I can't. I have no control over like a domestic terrorism operation. (laughs) Uh, Like, good, good for you. Do your thing. But like, what? Isn't the whole thing that they're not domestic terrorism? No one will listen to them because they're not domestic terrorism. The politics of the show are wildly unclear. (laughs) More so than usual, I'll be honest. You know what really makes me happy about this new season? That there's only 10 episodes of it. <laughs> no, it's that nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah, lives. you know, the more things change, the more they really stay the same. <laughs> truly, truly. Like, imagine if we'd come back to, like, a perfect show. I would be like, ew. It's too clean. Yeah. I'm so glad. I'm that so glad that it's still just a I... little messy. It's still like a messy bitch of a show, and I love it. I'm not here for the politics. Who gives a fuck? I just love this show so much. You say okay. five minutes after complaining about the politics for. <sighs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. And then Bailey's like, Rossi's going to lose his command. And Rossi's like, I never wanted it. So Rossi was the unit chief. He's like, please. He's like, all right, fine. So, oh, and then I love this. They're in the park. JJ walks up. She's like, hey, can you show me the way to the Lincoln Memorial? I don't know where it is. Boom. Luke just tackles the guy. I'm glad Luke exists. I love that man. Love this boy. What a team. How often do you think JJ's like, I'll, I'll do it. And she walks up. She's like, hi, I'm so sorry. Can you help me with Kudung? And Luke just tackles the guy. It's the Derek JJ jock squad all over again. And I love them so dearly for it. I love jock squad. I love any jock squad. This time it's personal. Oh, but then <laughs> jock squad too. This time it's personal. Derek never slept with Penelope. Luke definitely did at least once. So JJ and Luke are like, Hey, both of us know <laughs> she looks like naked. Jack Squad. These people are anyway. HR nightmares. Truly HR nightmares. Okay, they arrest Tyler, and while they're arresting Tyler Green, Elias is outside of the park. And he's like is watching Luke and JJ. He's just watching. You know. I saw people online freak out about this that now he knows like 
who Luke and JJ are and that they're like a part of this. But the announcement on the television later that it's domestic terrorism. So like, sure, he may know who they look like, you know, what they look like, but he would think they were part of domestic terrorism. So like, also, how's he going to find them? Also, the fucking BAU has their staff pictures online already, which has been a plot point several times before. Several times they have been targeted specifically by serial killers. Why is this new gang? Yeah. Okay. So Bailey does the conference being like it was all domestic terrorism and like Rossi, Tara, and Penelope are like drinking in the office watching it and they're They're mad about it. Yeah, but they're also mad that like he could be scaring the killers off, Bailey. Because he's like, no matter what, we're going to find you. We're going to take you down. Blah, blah, blah. And it could be like putting them in hiding, which is what we don't want. Elias is also listening to the news broadcast. Then Bailey confronts Emily and is like, what the fuck? I know about Tara and Rebecca dating. When were you going to tell me? And this is interesting to me because it's like, is the problem that they're dating or that Rebecca's helping them on cases? I think probably all the confidential information they shouldn't have without warrants. I think that's more the thing. But if 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 Deputy Director Bailey is homophobic, wild third quarter twist, wild third act twist here. <laughs> it just was like they use sources, like maybe because they didn't go through proper channels. It's bad, but it's like Penelope. Penelope has been able to like pull up records oh but they patched the hole they patched the hole exactly so now people know that they're getting their information incorrectly yeah i see i don't think the problem is the potential hr violation because they don't work for the same agency but right you know anyway sure it's inappropriate all around and emily and rossi gets released as unit chief and he's like so you could find a new unit chief and emily's like i don't have to I'm the new unit chief. Cool. And Bailey's like, you better make sure that like you don't get overworked being the section chief and the unit chief, or I'm gonna have to fire you. And then Emily like Emily roasts this man up and she roasts this man down. She calls him a glorified hedge fund manager. And she's like, Did you ever take your like firearm certification oh you did but you've never used it you've never been out in the field you've never done anything actually have you so when this case is done i'm not the one who has to worry asshole like get his ass and then she walks away and then she walks away and he's like i'm offended (laughs) this guy is like a little too soft-spoken to be a good villain for me He's a little too soft-spoken this episode. He's like a snake. I think that's the whole thing is like, you think he's on your side mm-hmm. or like, he's really good at like politics. He's like, I'm going to do my best to hold them off. But like, I don't know. And then it's like, he's actually working against you. And like, he doesn't know that they know that. He doesn't know that they're onto his little game. He doesn't know. Okay. Rebecca goes to see Tara and it's like, my boss called me about, like, the dating and the helping and, like, they're transferring me back to D.C. And Tara's like, move in. And she's like, I thought you were scared. And Tara's like, listen, I have trust issues, but, like, I want to be together. I like it. I was just, like, scared. I'm, I'm taking a leap. Let's go. I love them so much. 
I do too. And then JJ, I wrote like old times. JJ comes in with a folder and is like, we've got a problem. And it's like, keeps going. <laughs> she is on the move. She has places to be. Always. She has folders. She has information. She has problems to solve. Exactly. Great. And the problem is the bombs were fake. The bombs that he had were fake. So they were like, then why? I don't think this gets like resolved really, but they put the, they have the theory that, you know, Tyler Green was luring Sicarius there to get his face on the cameras so that like it would be there. But then, and that's why like he neutralized the bomb for that. But then Rossi at the beginning of next episode postulates that Elias gave him the fake bomb and was doing it as like a test of like how good the BAU was at like catching them. But I think it, I think we do kind of get this confirmation that it was Tyler Green. Yeah. I think, I think what they come down to in the end is that it is Tyler Green trying to be an informant and trying to take down Elias. Yeah. So we learned that his sister, the reason he's doing all this, Tyler Green's sister, Allison has been missing for 15 years and Green searched for her for 10 years and then stopped. And it's because he infiltrated Sicarius's network. So he was like getting stuff from the inside. That's how he had all the GPS coordinates. And Penelope's like, oh my God, he's my informant. And then we see Elias hanging up a guy that's not Hal, but looks like Hal, the neighbor. And he's like, you know, I used to like look forward to killing and I used to like, enjoy killing but now it just keeps me level and he's like you can't let other people do it you tell them not to leave bodies they leave bodies you tell them not to kill anyone linked to them and they kill their former lovers you know i follow the rules blah 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 blah. and how it's like why are you killing like the guy's like i'm not hal and he's like i know i'm following the rules i can't kill him but you can't be linked to me so i'm killing you and then Elias, like, opens the cage to Moose, the dog, and starts playing that music. And Moose just, like, eats this man whole. Mm-hmm. Like, truly just eat- The man's hanging from the ceiling. Moose just, like, Moose- the- huh. Elias is like, Moose won't leave any bones. I feel like that must have taken a long time. I think it is interesting that Moose kills this dude, not Hal- but doesn't kill Elias, who is also right there. I think what really gets me is Elias is like, Moose won't leave any bones. But like, in theory, this is the first human Moose has ever eaten. And I get like when you're hungry enough, but also like he was a big goofball. So like, is he truly hungry? Like it's been like two days, three days since he's eaten. It has to have been longer than two or three days. For him to Pavlov this dog to be so angry just by the pure sound of the music? Maybe. Like, I think I think you're thinking the timeline is a little too compact. I think this is a little bit longer. Okay. I guess Not so. much, guess but sense. like at least a little bit longer. At least, you know, this has happened over the span of so like, like... a week? Of like two or three weeks. I don't know, because when Elias goes to leave, his wife is like, do you have to leave again so soon? Two weeks is, like, not a very long time to be home with your loved ones. I guess so. I think, here's what I'm thinking, is I think from the 
beginning of episode one to like now, I think it has to be at least two, three weeks, maybe a month-ish. Because I think they're just not talking about the other cases they're doing. I think they're just focusing in on these ones. And also because Rebecca, Tara's girlfriend mentions like, I love your commute way better now that I'm working over here. Did that just happen overnight? No, it's a fucking government thing. That has to have taken a little bit for her to be working over at Quantico instead of the DOJ headquarters. You know what I mean? Like there has, there has to be more, it's more than a week. At the very least, it's more than a week. Okay. You feel me? Yeah, I think from the beginning it's been like a yeah, like a month or so. But like he kills like he kills the woman who Moose belongs to at the end of episode 2. That still has to have been like a week or two after that point. I still think it's been like from 1 to 4. I think it's over the course of a month. I'm just thinking that like, you know, he's so sure that Moose is going to eat this man down to the bones. But like can a dog's stomach fit a whole ass human? No. And also, I thought dogs canonically love to leave bones places. Canonically. I thought that was a canon fact about dogs. <laughs> <laughs> canonically. It's actually canon. Dogs, dogs chew on bones, but don't. Also, you can't feed a dog bones. It's going to splinter and hurt their little throats. Well, I don't think so, he really cares yeah. about the uh, I care. health and well-being of the dog. Yeah, so I don't know. I can't. I couldn't tell you. Moose does eat this whole man. Great. Now we're in episode four. We've already talked about a lot of this stuff in this episode. Okay. Elias is cleaning up the blood. He Okay, he just has like a... He's just moving it around on the floor. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, this is not an effective blood cleaning method, gang. Like, he just has, like, a sponge. And like, he's just, like, moving it. You have to get it up and then clean the ground under it. Otherwise, you just move it around. <laughs> also, I thought the point of having all these fucking metal boxes was so that you can just, like, use a hose and get it down a drain. Yeah, I see, like... On his hands and knees. Sorry. Come on. Make it a little bit easier on, on yourself. Weird. Yeah, okay, but then there's a pool of blood, and he sees, like, a man's reflection in it. And then he's like, I'm not doing this thing, whatever. Moose is in a metal muzzle. So I wonder if Moose went to kill Elias, and Elias, like, muzzled him or something. Put him back in the thing. And then Elias hallucinates that his, like, killing teacher, mentor, walks out from the back of the, like, box, and is like, they're my rules, don't forget it. And Elias is all like, I, how could I? Blah. All angry. So I was like, is he mad that he was made into a killer by this guy? Like, he didn't want this. And then, and then I think he kills Moose. Yeah, for sure does. He pentobarbitals him. Yeah. If you're listening, we just recorded Children of the Dark, and I really hate that we had two. Two right in a row. Animal dying episodes in a row. Speaking of Children of the Dark, this episode. The, like, brothers working their way up to killing, like, the person they actually want to kill who's a parental figure. Anyway. But now there's a parallel. You can listen to our episode on this and then listen to Children of the Dark. And compare how they handle effectively the same case ten years later. Yeah. I was watching this and I was like, this is Children of the Dark. This is literally this episode. Not exactly, but close. Anyway. Okay. Tyler Green is a vigilante. 
he says, you know, his sister went missing in 2007. He doesn't know if he's in the bo- if she's in the box or not. That's why he like infiltrated, and they're like profiling him. And they say that he has, like, you know, a defiance of authority. He's not going to talk to any of them. So Emily is like, maybe he'll talk to Penelope. Penelope walks in and is like, hey, it's me, Helper Cat Two Twenty. How did we go from her cool ass chess based hacker tag, the Black Queen, to Helper Cat Two Twenty? How have we fallen so far? We can do better, like, Penelope. Can she, we can do better. She doesn't even have like a cute, like kawaii waifu name, you know? I know. Just helper cat two twenty. Like it's not even like pretty kitty sixty nine, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not even like four twenty or anything. It's literally just two twenty. Like, come on. Big X, little X, underscore, pretty, underscore, kitty, underscore, little X, big X. (laughs) Helper cat 220. Okay. Tyler won't talk to her. And she's like, actually, fuck you. And just like walks away. So true. Jennifer Jerome, my beloved. JJ is like sitting at the breakfast table. No pants, but wearing like Birkenstocks slippers. So true, queen. So true. Oh, I'm in love with this person that's fake. Will is like, one thing I got from the pandemic was that I got to perfect the La Montaigne frittata. And JJ does take a bite and is like, mm-hmm, yep, amazing, amazing, perfect. <laughs> She's so, <laughs> cute, so cute, your honor. She's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. And then we learned that her mom moved closer. So like sometimes the boys go stay with her mom and she's like, she wants to take him to take the boys to Six Flags tomorrow. That means they're going to be away for one more night. And then she's like, I'm glad my mom moved closer. And Will says, you weren't happy at the time. And JJ's like, well, I was wrong. And Will's like, I'm sorry. What was that? And she's like, hmm, what? It's <laughs> like so good. It's canon. Jennifer Jero cannot admit she was wrong. I love her. <laughs> Which I love so much. What a bitch. Okay. And then Will is like, I'm going to hang up my badge and open a restaurant. And then JJ says, with lots of outdoor seating. And Will's like, oh, yeah, safety first. Wear the masks. Wear your masks, gang. Why is nobody ever wearing a mask? Wear your masks. Does COVID exist or not? Who knows? If you care about outdoor seating, then, then wear a fucking mask. Okay. And they're like, yay, we're still in love. And they start kissing and like they're going to bone for sure. And then there's a knock at the door. And the guy opens the door and he's like, Mrs. LaMontagne. And she's like, Jero, my name is Jennifer Jero. She is so like deadpan Jero, period. Like she has this man's ass. It's Jero. She's like, how dare you? How dare you? God bless. We love her. And the guy, he's like, I'm Howard Wilson. I'm like a financial advisor. And Will's like, oh, yeah, this is to update our insurance policy. And JJ's like, oh, yeah, no, come in. They were, like, totally going to bone. She's like, yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. So then Rossi's asleep in his office. And Emily is like, should I be happy that at least it's not like the hotel anymore? And Rossi says, would you believe it that I didn't mean to fall asleep here? And Emily goes, I do. But what about mom? <laughs> I was like, it's, I don't get the like joke, but it's cute. And then she jokes about her office having a treadmill. Okay. The forensics on the kits, there's like nothing, but some of those soil deposits show that they're like five years old. They've been buried for five years. 
and there was nothing on the video and there's still two kids out and about great so then we go to miami a couple is on vacation the husband says like i'm so glad we're here covid surges be damned homeboy homie miami is like a red zone right now for covid it always fucking is but like so covid exists so it does exist no one was but we're just not wearing masks Okay. No, and that scene where everyone was at the park, nobody was wearing a mask. Like, just put them on back on camera. Like, what? Either pretend COVID exists or they don't. Okay, whatever. The guy's phone, like, he's beeping. It's his, like, camera at home, like, notice of movement. And he's like, oh, it's a possum, but it keeps beeping. So he finally looks at it, and there's a man in his house. And the man's face is, like, all blurry. Mm-hmm. Like, the camera can't make it out. And the guy is like, welcome to tonight's show. It's a house in Montgomery County in MoCo. And it's just sad. The security officer showed up apparently to respond to the alarms and they kill him on camera. It's very sad. In this couple's living room while they're not there. Like, God. In the living room. Yeah. Terrible. It made them watch. Like, oh my God. It's got like Henkel vibes, you know, like you're going to watch the violence kind of thing okay penelope is looking at tyler green's socials she's back in her office she's finally cleansed it enough luke comes in and is like i'm allergic to cats <laughs> and penelope is like a tragedy for sergio and all senior cats everywhere sergio and i'm so sad he's ex- he's sergio. alive he's alive i also love that emily like oh we can't talk about that Sergio was Emily's cat first. And at one point it was given to Penelope while Emily was away for a while. And I love that she came back and Penelope kept Sergio. Penelope was like, no, this is my cat now. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) So honestly, so true and so valid of her. Tyler Green was the last person to see Allison alive. But he said in his police report that his memory of what happened was hazy. And so like that's they have the idea to give him a cognitive interview. But then they get an emergency alert in MoCo. It's in Germantown. There was a security responder. So like the men can control the system and get people to come to them. And they're like, okay, well, they can do that because of the kill kit they got. You know, like they got the tools and the masks and all of that from the kill kit. And the only person who speaks is the executor. So they're, and they're probably young males. Great. They're like getting all this in the briefing room and then like when the briefing is done luke is like go 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 to penelope and like drags her to emily's office and they're in the doorway being like you do it you do it you do it and emily just goes guys what the hell is happening like (laughs) she literally is so tired of having to be like the adult in the room while these two are clearly having some childlike squabble and she's like what the fuck do you want actually actually yeah and then Penelope's like, I have an idea to co-op, to make him cooperate. You know, he says, like, he was with his sister, but he can't remember what happened. Let's do a cognitive interview because maybe he's lost the curious. So Penelope is going to have to talk to the guy to convince him. So she's back in the interrogation room, and she's like, there's no DNA of your sister in that box. But we could do this cognitive interview and help you remember. And the guy's like, fuck you. So she, like starts ranting at him about like 
you forced me to come back to this work. I don't want to be here. You made me do this. And now you're being a little bitch about it. And like, if you don't want to remember, fine, you can get locked away for the rest of your life. Yada, yada, yada. But like, I promise that this will make everything better. And it'll help you get rid of this guilt and the shame that you're feeling because you'll be able to have helped and everything will be better. But fine, fuck you. And then the guy's like, all right. Let's He's do like, it. That's the first honest thing you've said since I got here or some shit like that. Yeah. Or she's like, okay. Okay, we get it. You have man angst. JJ's sitting at her desk and Will calls her and she's like, What's wrong? And he's like, Nothing's wrong. Oh my god. And they just have like this nice little chat where she's like, Thanks to you, I feel safe in our home. And he's like, You're the one who's like the protector. That's why I married you. Because of what happens in hit and run and it's very cute but then he just like hangs up without like giving he's just like called it was like just checking in they do that a few times this episode actually or they've been doing that more often like um elias's wife calls just to like check in and i actually think it's rather sweet yeah sometimes i just want to hear my partner's voice yeah what i was gonna say though is that i think he called to tell her about the cancer and she was all like, I love you. You make me feel safe. And he was like, I can't do this over the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it ended up being kind of like a pointless phone call beyond the like, you know, hearing voices and stuff. Okay. Okay. Then we see our unsubs. They're two young men, like they said, driving around in an Amazon Prime delivery box, delivery van. Or, yeah, what looks to be one. The guy who plays Jude Bruno, the, not the blonde one, the other one. Um, the younger brother. Played uh, Farkle on Disney's Girl Meets World for a while. For, like, the whole run. For, oh, for like, three years. <laughs> like, a long time. So, actually, like, a while. The only reason I mention it is because I know a lot of people probably watched that show and it was on in, like, 2014. So, hey, it's Farkle. He's a murderer now. Congrats. Both of these kids, by the way, um, Corey Fogelmanis Fogelmanis, and Noah Lalonde, uh, both of them very good this episode, I thought, actually. I feel like we should just like, you know, call out whenever some uh, whenever an actor is actually good. I'm always like, damn, nice. (laughs) (laughs) The streak of of good extras continues. Good side characters continues. Okay, Amazon Prime delivery truck. The younger brother, Jude, gets out and goes to the front door. And then Gail, I think is the other one's name. Gail goes to the back of the truck and there's like computer systems. They've set it up to be like a mobile surveillance van. Okay, Jude puts like a GoPro on his hat Mm -hmm. so that like Gail can see everything. And he goes in, he hides a router. The back door to their house is just, like, unlocked. No, the back door is not unlocked until Gail unlocks it. It's a smart lock. He unlocks it. That's why it's unlocked. That's how they break into these houses. Oh, I didn't realize that it was, like, a smart lock. Yeah, they do a little unlocking sound. He waits for Gail to unlock it, but yeah. Oh, I missed it. Wow, interesting. That's cool. Okay, and then they have a safe room behind a closet. Which we find out is integral. There has to be a safe room that's part of it. But then Jude sits down um, at their desk and sees that their flight has been canceled. And Gail's like, that's not a problem. It's part of the fun. 
but they're not there when they kill them. Like, they still do a whole, like, song and dance over camera. Yeah. So that was a little confusing to me. Yeah, I don't know. So then, okay, Luke is doing the cognitive interview. Okay, I don't know if we've talked about this yet. We probably have. I'm bringing it up again. I don't understand cognitive interviews. I don't either. It just like, looks, I don't, it just sounds like a regular interview. I don't understand why it's like hypnotist, especially like they're like, okay, close your eyes. Think about that moment. What did it smell like? And he's like, or what did the air feel like? And they're like, oh, it's muggy. The AC was broken. Okay. It was a smell like dirty diapers. And then he opens his eyes and he's hallucinating. And maybe I just don't have that ability, but like, I don't go into like a fugue state every time I remember something vividly. I don't either. I think most of the quote-unquote cognitive interviews they do is just storytelling bullshit. Yeah, like when they do, what is it, EMDR? I don't fuck know. The like lights, that, it's a line of lights and it like goes back and forth and you like move, like you keep your head straight but you move your eyes back and forth and it like activates a part of your brain. That's a real thing. That's a real therapy technique. This cognitive interview, I'm like, you remember that it was muggy 15 years ago? And that's the first question. I can almost, I number one, think it's just storytelling bullshit. But number two, I can mm. almost see a way in which it does work because it focuses you to remember very specific emotions and specific things you felt to free up your brain to sort of like background process other information that you had, right? Like you're focusing so hard on little details that it sort of like frees up your brain to sort of just be like, what actually did I see? Like what was going on there? I can almost see how that's like a thing that works. Mostly I still think all the cognitive interviews they do in this show are just storytelling bullshit. Yeah, the ones that get me are where they start like screaming, you know, like in distress, they're like doing a cognitive interview on the little girl. And she's like, it's cold. He was taking out the trash. And then she's like, Papa, Papa, they're going to get him. And they're like, wake up, wake up. And it's like, this isn't hypnotism. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's when it gets me. Anyway, so they show like Allison's apartment. Tyler is using the computer. And Allison is like, get off the computer and watch the nephew. Her boyfriend shows up. And her boyfriend is mad that Tyler is there. Her boyfriend is like, why would you bring me here with your brother here? I don't care if it's your mom. I don't care if it's anybody. Nobody should know me. And then the boyfriend's name is Lee. That's what they get. I think that's going to be a misrememberist. And maybe it's like, instead of Lee, it's like Eli. I thought you know? it was not. I thought it was more like, because to me, oh. Lee spelled like the horse girl way, which is how I always think about it. <laughs> L-E-I-G-H. I can almost see that being a like nickname for like Elias or something like that. Like it's Lee. Mm. For some reason, that's the way that my brain jumped to spelling it. Mostly because I don't think Lee is like a first name usually. Spelled L-E-E is not like really a first name. True. But the other, the horse girl spelling could be. Sorry, I, I call it the horse girl spelling because that's just every girl I grew up with in high school who had like Kaylee or Bailey spelled like that stupid dumb shit way. We're always horse girls. <laughs> Don't ostracize the Lee horse girls. L-E-I-G-H. Hey, if your name is spelled with an L-E-I-G-H and you're white, were you a horse girl? 
Sound off. Sound off in the comments. (laughs) I just want to (laughs) know. Oh, no. Sorry. That's funny, though. But this Lee had longer hair, which is interesting. I mean, you can get a haircut, so who cares? It was 2007. So Allison comes in and is like, hey, actually, I want you to come to dinner with us tonight. Call mom. She'll babysit. You're coming to dinner with us. Tyler Green called the mom. She came to babysit. He did not go to meet up with Allison. He went out with his friends instead, which is super shitty. But I think that's like part of it, you know? Yeah. The guilt of it all. And then he like gets a call from Allison, but it's silent. And that's the last he like ever heard from her. And he thinks it's like a butt dial, right? He thinks it was a mistake. I think it was the killer. I think it was the killer too. Okay. As long as you and I are in agreement. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was the killer. But he says, like, I've been hunting for her, and I finally found Elias, I found the network, and then I heard, like, I think she's dead, and Luke is like, she could still be out there, and, he, and Tyler says, no, I heard Elias bragging about killing this girl named Allison in 2007, and her brother, like, was on the computer, and that's, like, exactly what happened. I know this is him. I know it's him. And he says, you know, I thought, like, she said it would make everything better, but this interview made everything worse. Okay. We see two, like, security officers, men, go to the house from earlier because of the alarm. And they make a joke about, like, everyone is super cautious these days and they're, like, better to be cautious than not, you know, whatever. They're looking around and the one cop goes to the backyard and is like, the west side is clear. And he doesn't hear anything. So he's like, Hello? And then we see the two unsubs up close and they're actually not wearing masks. They're wearing face paint. Mm -hmm. And it's like a special pattern that confuses cameras. So they won't like get your face. Which by the way is a real thing. Um, A lot of like protesters especially use it around their eyes because that's the main part that uh, cameras go for is like that space between your eyes is like really important for facial recognition. So I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that we should all learn how to do this type of face paint, but I am saying that we should fuck over the surveillance state somehow, gang. And if wearing funny jester face paint is the way to do it, then fuck it. Wear the funny jester face paint. Hell yeah. I just want to make it noted that this is like a real thing. I was waiting for like Tara. Tara's the one who knew what the makeup is. I was waiting for her to say something about like protests and she like didn't. I guess they didn't want to like. I'm not saying that's like, that's like the most recent use case widespread use case for sure yeah but she didn't like say anything like that which was interesting so okay the cop like points the gun gets knocked out and then the brothers are live streaming the killing again and i said to who those people canceled their fight they should be home i wonder if the hacker brother got them on another flight oh it's like make sure they were gone i was also thinking i was like maybe this is like a third house you know, like yet another one. Tara and JJ are on the way to the house. Penelope's going to be virtual backup. Maybe they underestimated how fast SWAT would arrive. They got cocky. So they're going to be in there. And then they follow the blood trail. And they hear their voices coming from the safe room. Penelope unlocks it. And it's actually a speaker. And they find the two dead security guards. So they're doing the profile again. They say that the cops are victims of opportunity. Tara explains the makeup. It must have been in the kill kit with the router. And they say that, like, the way they killed these people was the same both times. 
it's like they're rehearsing choreography to reenact an old trauma. So like they're so bonded and close, they're probably brothers, they're mission oriented, and they theorize that they're punishing these families because they can't get revenge on the people that did this to them and that they're probably like working their way up to killing the person they want to kill. Which again reminds me of Children of the Dark. Like that specifically reminded me of Children of the Dark. Okay, <laughs> this is just a little local quabble, but they're like, well, they got out of there really fast. They must be locals. And I just want to say that like, yes, Baltimore in theory isn't that far from Germantown, but no, Baltimore is local to nowhere but Baltimore. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't. It's not in the same county. Well, I thought the fact that they were locals comes not from the fact that they're in fucking Baltimore. It comes from the fact that they, their dad lives on the same fucking street and that they're acting these crimes out where they grew up, not where they are currently living. Oh, like they were born and raised in this neighborhood, but now they live in Baltimore. Yeah, that's what I thought it Oh. To. James, you're slipping this week. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> My bad. I keep being poisoned every time I try to have a meal. That was your own fault. You're the one who ate the poison. It was a real poison, guys. I'm allergic to dairy. I was, I was cheesed. I was cheesed. Okay. The unsubs are in the van. And they're like, there's no going back. And they need each other. So I noticed right away they weren't wearing their makeup. It's like such an obvious... Yeah thing yeah they still go into the house via secret door still no face paint and then they see a woman sleeping in bed and they're like there she is sleeping beauty so you like know that this is different they also like go into like a secret like security room and see her on like security cameras like they go into like a high-tech yeah. security room which like to me was yeah. like oh they're familiar this is the place this is the one yeah that's the safe room you know so Penelope finds a cold moco case where two transients broke into this family's house. So two transients broke into the house demanding money. And the dad locked Jude into the safe room and kept Gail with him. And the transients demanded money, demanded money, and the dad wouldn't give it to them. So they slit the mother's throat and then like spared the boy and the father. So Gail was the one to like see his mother die while Jude was like locked away, which explains why Gail is the one who's like very gung ho about this. And Jude is very like clingy and their dad lives in Montgomery village and they don't forgive him for his mother's death. The dad lives in Montgomery village, but he's currently at work and he gets a notification about motion in his living room. And he's like, that's weird. He opens his phone and the sons, they don't have their masks on because they want their dad to see them. And they have their dad's new fiance, like, tied up on the floor. I made a note. I was like, the dad is going to have to watch the woman he loves be murdered in front of him for a second time. But also, if it is a decision between my children's lives or money, I'm giving that fucking money up. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I, that, I'm not saying that that's right at all. Like, absolutely not. What the fuck? Not to be like you earned this, but like my guy, a key mistake was made here. Always, always choose human life over money. Come on. Anyway, the they have the dad's fiance. Oh, SWAT goes to the dad's house. Rocky, Rossi. Oh, this was a really nice moment. Rossi goes to the guy's work and the guy's like, I don't want to watch this. And Rossi's like, I know. And he like takes the phone from the dad. And then 
JJ and Tara like get into the house and Penelope cuts the camera line basically to delay it and they just like stop what they're doing they're like the dad has to see it that's the important thing so Gail goes into the safe room to like restart the system hears them come in and then like has a gun pulls out a gun and walks back in and Tara just like pow 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 shoots him well he aims like he's going to shoot them yeah no yeah he aims at JJ for sure so like I get it but then the younger one like holds the knife up to his throat but he can't bring himself to commit suicide and this is another moment I was like I'm gonna get a little graphic here for a moment but like JJ's sister like cut her wrists and it's just like another moment of like somebody putting a knife to their body with the intent to kill themselves I was like JJ my beloved I'm so sorry (laughs) JJ you struggling girl JJ I'm so sorry about this actually so then he can't kill himself so they arrest him then Rossi and Jude are in the interrogation room Jude is the younger brother Rossi's like showing him all these pictures and the younger brother is like, what the fuck? I confessed everything. Why are you showing these to me? And they're like, Elias, the kill kits. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? We just wanted our dad to like know what we did and then we were going to go to Mexico. And Rossi is like, okay, cool. And they're in the office and they're like, there's no kill kit. There's no links to Elias. And Rossi is like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like solving this double these two serial killers on a spree like feels like a failure and jj's like yeah we're right back to no leads again it sucks and then luke is talking to tyler green and tyler green is like look i'll give you the server with that's connected to elias's server like i'll give it to you but like you have to leave penelope garcia out of this and out of everything in the future leave her alone Big words from the guy who got her back into this mess in the first place. Big words, big man. Right. I mean, I think he probably, like, didn't know. I mean, how would you know that, like, situation, you know? I don't know. If I was already doing my research to find out that the Penelope Garcia was Helper Cat 220, I probably would have, like, figured it out, you know? Would have done a quick search on her employment history. No, but I don't think he knew that it was Penelope Garcia because she introduced herself... And he's like, okay. And then she's like, Helpful Cat 220. And he's like, oh, you. I think he just knew that Helpful Cat 220 was this hacker person, you know, with connections. And was like trying to do good things. I don't know that he knew of her connection to the FBI. Because remember, she was like, I gave it to the FBI. And he was like, no, you've ruined everything. And then in the room, she's like, I work for the FBI. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Okay. Okay. I think he was reaching out to Helper Cat 220, not Penelope Garcia. Huh. Okay. No. All right. Because, like, why would you be surprised? You send information to an FBI agent and they give it to the FBI. Like, why would you, like, that, why is that surprising? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they did. I think they were reaching out to, like, the head of SOAR. Okay. Sure. You know? But now he's like, leave her out of it. I don't think he's a bad guy. You know, I think it's just been 15 years of being hyper-focused on the murder of his sister, blaming himself for it. That does something to you. That certainly does something to okay. a man. Okay, the last scene. Ugh, I'm in a riot. JJ comes home and Will is like, so we had that insurance and I had to do like a checkup and one of my tests came back really bad. And they did another test and it also came back bad. So now they're going to do even more tests. And I looked it up and all the tests that he names are for liver failure. Oof. So he could have like liver cancer and he's like it could be cancer 
and she's just like teary-eyed crawls into his lap and cries Mm. they said jj was gonna go through some shit this season if that shit includes william lamontagne dying i'm gonna riot if will dies i riot i'm not gonna lie to you and here's the thing i don't even like will that much this will though that's my boy i don't care about will although he like he grows the more i think about him the more he grows on me and once i think about like who he's in love with i like i get like, it like actually like me too dude like actually no knowing about jj so much and how she is as a person i get why he had to be like anyway i'm just gonna keep like showing up until yeah. you talk to me like i get it now i didn't like it before <laughs> but i get it now i understand it's in this will yeah will 10 years on i'm like absolutely this man's a saint cancer yikes like i feel like they wanted to kill someone off but they couldn't kill off a main cast member in case the show got renewed i guess damn that's harsh though the only way i would be okay with will lamontagne dying hear me out is if the show gets renewed for like six more seasons and the next six seasons are spent with emily comforting jj and helping her out we cannot write our heart comfort Gemily fanfic here. We can't do it. And sometime over the next six years, old feelings resurface. You think they're getting a six-year renewal? Every other network show is getting like one and a half, bro. And <laughs> one day JJ realizes that Emily has become integral to her life. And... She goes to all the kids, like the kids, like high school graduation and like, oh my God, they're in love. Slow burn, hurt, comfort, 350K. We can't just write Gemily fanfic for our podcast. We can't do this. This is who? Me, I guess. That sounds like a 50% no and a 50% yes. <laughs> Put it to an audience vote. <laughs> hey, sound off in the comments. <laughs> do we have a one- off episode that's just me talking through the next six seasons of criminal minds as Gemily gets together and i am there too here's the thing is it's funny because it makes me <laughs> sound like i'm not the biggest Gemily shipper in the world but i was there before you were which is funny yeah considering you've produced way more content for them than i have <laughs> Like, I've been here for longer, but you're you you're the honor student for sure. I came in, slid into the back door, <laughs> suddenly I live here. Squatters rights. You just like moved into my house and I've just been dealing with it ever since. And then we set out a podcast. Okay, what do you rate these episodes? It's a good question. I don't know. What do you rate these episodes? I would rate number three an eight i was also thinking of an eight eight as well for for episode three for moose and then for pay-per-view i actually really like this up i like the killers i think they're an interesting case really and i really like that it's seemingly not involved with the overall case yeah you know i actually i actually do enjoy that as a fun little like twist i'm interested to see what the next episode is and what they do with it you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, I'm going to stick with my eight. You're going to stick with your eight? I think I'm going to go... I really like this episode, though. I'm going to go with a nine. Do it. I think it's fun. I think it's funky. I think it's fresh. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And um, I like 
their like whole sort of like artistry and like pantomime mm-hmm. of the killing is I think very interesting. Do we have any predictions? More predictions because next episode 105 is the last one before the like Christmas break. Right, Oedipus Rex. Yes. Um and I don't know. I like the like I said the IMDb description of it is uh very interesting. Like a surprising connection connection forces deputy director Bailey to ask the BAU to take a case involving young DC socialites bitten by a sadistic unsub. When the case turns political, the BAU finds themselves in the crosshairs from a high-powered senator. I wonder if next episode is our Emily episode. DC socialites. Oh, high-powered se- Yeah, you know what? Maybe this is Emily's like time to shine. Yeah, maybe we'll get to see what the fuck she's up to. Maybe we'll see what, what's going on. I also, again, I'm thinking we meet somebody from Deputy Director Bailey's personal life, I think, next episode. Yeah, I'm wondering if we find out that he has, like, a cousin or a brother or an uncle who's, like, a senator. And, like, that explains a lot of his, you know, it's nepotism. I was also going to say, I'm still rooting for it. I'm still pulling for it. I think he has a husband. I think he's just a normal, terrible little gay man, I think. And I think... uh his husband is just like a young hot socialite you know every white cisgender gay man in dc exactly he's just a little a little he's just a little bit of a snake and i love that for him like actually a little gaily just a little bit it's gonna be so funny if i turn out to be right by the way it's going to be hysterical If I'm wrong, I'm shooting for the the stars. That's all right. Like, if I am right, imagine. James, imagine. Can I just say, once again, it would be a double-edged sword. (laughs) Because on the one hand... Gay rep. They're showing... On the one hand, they're showing they're willing to have more than one gay. Right? Uh On the other hand, that second gay wouldn't be Emily. He is a villain. Will they have a third Emily gay? (laughs) Like, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they do a third families you know every new gay is like so maybe but also like this lessens the chances like it's just so funny i just again i just think it would be comical tara is our gay rights and bailey's our gay wrongs exactly <laughs> emily is our okay. gay neutrals that's it for this week next week we are going back to season three an episode of season three. Scared to death. Scared to death? Yeah. Episode 303. Great band. Anyway, that's it. You can get in the comments of this episode if you're on Spotify mobile, apparently, and just like yell at us. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Tumblr, Twitter, Insta, at Wheels Up Pod. Uh, you can leave us voice memos on Anchor if you're like so inclined to do so. Uh, or you can... I dare you. I fucking dare, I dare you. dare you to leave go us to, a voice. <laughs> go to anchor.fm slash wheelsuppod and leave us a fucking voice message, you fucking pussy. Fucking do, do it. it. Wow, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Too far, too far. I would never call you that. I would. Fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can also email us corrections, uh, wheelsup at brightcurrentmedia.com. That's all for this week. Jameson, give me an ending quote this week. This... Is from the message board that Penelope Garcia shows. The title of this post is Death to the Haters. (laughs) And here we go. 
I am so sick of all these people that don't realize how cool I am. Sure, I'm a little overweight. Sure, my beard only grows on my neck. That doesn't mean I'm not as sexy as Tom Cruise or John Bon Jovi. My waifu loves me for who I am. Fuck the haters. Maybe I'll have to murder their dumbasses because they don't appreciate me. My waifu may be angry. She doesn't like violence. But it's the only way. Death to the haters. Someone on Criminal Minds read that. That's from the Criminal Minds writers team, just so you know. Everything Criminal else Minds, Criminal is Minds fine, that. but John Bon Jovi? That's your other Tom hot Cruise man? Tom Cruise or John Bon Jovi. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure, <laughs> my beard only grows on my neck. That doesn't mean I'm not said, as sexy. We're going to checklist yeah. through all the neck beard gamer things. Chilly, chilly, chilly. <laughs> and then and then at one point, at one point, they show like the responses to that comment. And it's like, I'm going to murder his mom and his waifu. And then him. What a loser. Like the other <laughs> Losers on this board are like, fuck this dude and his waifu. This dude's a fucking loser. (laughs)